All right. Good good evening, good afternoon, good morning from wherever you are listening to another episode of the Handy Bish podcast. I'm Leanne Addy, I'm your host, and today I'm joined by my best friend, Charlene. Say hello, Charlene. Hey. I'm going to try and do a clap. Hold on. It's a round of applause. Wow, you're so professional. So profesh, so profesh. I'm very excited about today's episode. So I hope everyone's had... Don't do that though, because if you say that you're really excited, then people will think it's going to be really good and then we have too much to live up to. So People don't know us. Okay, just to say it should be all right. All right, this should be an all right episode, like a six out of ten maybe. (laughs) 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 This is going to be a really crap episode. No one's going to like it. Um, yeah may as well so I hope everyone's had a really awesome week um we're recording this a little bit early I haven't got through a full week since the last time I recorded so I might not have that much to say but we're going to see what happens firstly this week was my last chemo session these were not the sound effects that I was talking about (laughs) But this is what you're getting. So enjoy. Um, <laughs> so we're going to talk about my last chemo session. Man, that was a whole entire roller coaster of a day. It was ridiculous. But we're here. We're on the other side now. We're going to be talking to Charlene about how she feels about being part of my journey. Because from the day that I found my lump, Charlene has been involved. So from the very first day back in October, when I found the lump and I sent her a little message She's been right by my side through everything. We're going to cry. Have you got tissues? I've got tissues. Okay, good, because I've got tissues too. I've got a whole roll of tissue, because we're definitely, definitely going to cry. Um, Aldi. Oh, good spending. Well done. Thrifty. (laughs) (laughs) We're also going to, in fun time, we're going to talk about some music, and we're going to talk about some urban legends and some other little bits. And when I talk about Tiana time, I'm going to talk about the songs that we've been singing this week, or the songs that we've been making up. Um, so yes, this is, this is what's happening, my people. I'm so glad that you're all here tuned in and listening. So let's get going, really. So last chemo session, I really geared myself up for this. I'm so grateful that I had my two days of normality on Monday and Tuesday, ready to roll into Wednesday because they make such a difference to my mindset and how I feel going into those sessions. And so I... Rolled up to chemo, 8.30 on a Wednesday morning. I get there and the nurse comes out and she says, oh, Leanne. I said, yeah. She says, we might not be able to do your chemo today. And I said, what? What What do you mean? And essentially what had happened was due to the bank holiday, I hadn't had my regular doctor's appointment, which I normally have a couple of days before the chemo session. And at this appointment, They will talk to me about how I'm feeling. I'll have my bloods checked, my height, my weight. The weight is ridiculous. I now weigh the same weight that I did before I lost all my weight before flipping cancer. So I've got some work to do once this is over. It's just another goal. It's another goal, but it's a goal that I smashed flipping. I know, but because you've smashed it before, you'll smash it again. And I'll be there and be like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing, you've done this. It's just a broken record, really. Well, we have to talk about these cycles at some point of how often am I going to keep smashing these goals before I drop back again and have to start from square one? Look, however many times you need to. Yeah, yeah, it's a journey. A river doesn't run straight. It's very curly and wiggly and other cliches. Cliche, yeah. (laughs) This reminds me of Pocahontas. Have you ever heard? Okay, because you were speaking about that chemo. So, yes, thank you. (laughs) Bringing it back, back into the room. So essentially... Because of the bank holiday, I usually have this appointment on the Monday before chemo and it wasn't booked in. So if I don't have that appointment, the doctor can't sign me off and give me the okay and there's no prescription written. So when I arrived at 8.30 on Wednesday, there was no prescription for my chemotherapy, despite the fact that this appointment has been in my appointment book for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. So she said, don't worry, we're going to get this sorted. I'm going to phone around. I'm going to find a breast doctor and we will get your appointment. I was like, okay, great. She says, in the meantime, when you did come for your bloods yesterday, they didn't take all of the correct bloods. So why don't you go downstairs, get your bloods taken again 
have some breakfast, come back up or I'll call you if I find a doctor before then and we'll go from there. It's like, okay, all right. In my head, I'm thinking, if I have to break into the pharmacy myself and find the right drugs, <laughs> this session is happening today. It's happening. Oh, like, you can't, I don't know if I would have coped if they told me to come back another day, to be honest. I'd be bailing you out of somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And of course, it's not the nurse's fault. It's it's an admin error. But yeah, it was annoying. So go get my bloods done. Eat some of my breakfast. Message my various people to be like, oh, it's going wrong. It's going wrong. Pop back upstairs and she comes out to see me. She says, OK, I found you a doctor. Just pop upstairs to where the doctors are. So if you imagine the cancer centre on different floors, they do different things. And there's the chemotherapy fo- um, floor. And then there's outpatients, which is where they do all the doctor's appointments. So she said, go up to outpatients. Dr. Kate will see you. I was like, great. So I get up there. I go and see the the check-in guy because you have to check in on every single floor. Such a massive building that when you come into reception, they check you in. And your name starts flashing up on boards like, go to Leonardo, go to this floor. Leonardo, go to this area. And if you are due to be on a floor and you don't turn up, then these boards start flashing your name like, Leanne Adu, contact a member of staff on outpatients. It's giving me PTSD from the airport. It is. And I remember one time I was sat in chemotherapy and I was sat outside suite A or suite B. And I've been there for ages. I was like, why haven't they come and collected me yet? Because they come out and they call your name. And then my phone rings and she's like, oh, hi, it's one of the nurses from chemo. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm outside. She's like, no, you're not. And I was sat outside the wrong suite. So they really, they'll like, they'll look for you because they know you're in the building. She was like, oh, I thought yeah. you went to get a cup of coffee or something. I was like, oh no, I've just been sat here for 30 minutes, but don't worry. So I headed up to outpatients and I had to check in there again with the receptionist. And he's like, well, what are you here for? So I explained the situation. He says, oh, okay then. Well, I've, I've let Dr. Kate know you're here. Sat there for an hour <laughs> waiting for Dr. Kate. Because of course, they all, they've all got appointments. Their whole day's yeah. up. Yeah, so they have to literally fit you in. Mm-hmm. So eventually I see her lovely, lovely doctor. She was so nice. And she said it had been happening a lot. I think that maybe the bank holiday crept up or what, but a lot of the breast clinic people didn't get their appointments or didn't get replacement appointments. So she, we're talking about my symptoms and we're talking about the transfusions that I've had. And essentially they're quite worried about why my red blood levels keep dropping so dramatically. So I was 93 yesterday or 90 no which is still very low from 120 up but acceptable um Mm -hmm. and if it falls under 80 80 or under is when they want to give a transfusion so I think what they were hoping is after the first transfusion I wouldn't need another like this that would be enough but it clearly wasn't because my levels then dropped down to 78 77 so they had to give me the second transfusion and what Dr. Kate is trying to avoid is me needing a third transfusion for unexplained reasons because they check my B12 levels they check my iron levels I think I said in the last episode they're not sure why they keep dropping because everything else is normal she just wants to find to understand why my blood levels are dropping um, and nobody knows so she said she wasn't quite happy to sign me off for chemo until she'd spoken to a consultant so then she goes to find a consultant and the other option was to lower my chemo dose a little bit so if they lowered my chemo dose hopefully it wouldn't have such a big effect on the red blood levels so um she goes to find another consultant she's gone for a little bit I tried to take a picture of the screen I was looking like what do my notes say what do my notes say but I couldn't really read anything didn't understand anything anyway she comes back and she says the consultant is not going to lower your chemo dose. I was like, oh. But she will sign you off for chemo. If you have to have another transfusion, you have to have another transfusion. Like, all right. Oh, it's, not... <laughs> it's just good news, to be fair, because you did not want to come back and no, not have the session done. But I secretly hoped that they would say, we're just going to give you a little bit less, darling. We're just going to give you a little bit less. And she didn't How does that, that work if they did give you a bit less, though? Would that be as effective? Oh. Well, I think the thing, well, so she said, how would I feel about that if they lowered the dose? And I said, look, we know from the scans that I've had that my progress is really, really good. If the tumour hadn't been shrinking, 
if it didn't seem like, you know, we were having such good results and I'd be a bit more hesitant, but we know that it's working. So yeah. I'm, I'm willing to go for it. We also know that every time I go in there, these doctors tell me that I'm on a very high dose because of my height and my weight. So mm-hmm. it's a bit like, am I on the max and we could come down a little bit? It's been suggested a couple of times. Yeah. Um, so I didn't feel like, oh, we lower the dose. Am I closer yeah. to death? Um, it's your last session as well. So yeah, yeah. May as well blast it. But the one thing that she did do is prescribe me an injection to keep my red blood cells being produced. So a bit like the injection that I have to take for my white blood cells, this is the red blood cell version of it. I don't understand mm-hmm. why they didn't offer me that after the first transfusion. Well, yeah, you'd think. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. So, yeah, she doesn't go ahead, basically. So I go mm-hmm. back downstairs, go to chemo. I was like, I'm back. You can all have your, your celebration chocolates and the card that I got for you now. Because if I had to oh. walk out of that place, I would have taken them M&S chocolates home and just scoffed them yeah, in my tears. <laughs> Chocolate. So I go back down to chemo and uh, Serena is my nurse and we go in. She gives me my pre-meds. We're all very, very happy. Why am I still sitting there an hour later after my pre-meds and then there's no chemo? No chemo's turned up. My little trolley hasn't turned up um thankfully the snack lady has been twice so i've eaten i love the snack lady we love her but they keep coming to me like it's going to be another 20 minutes now the thing that was i don't mind delays at all like where else have i really got to be apart from the fact that i had somewhere else to really be and that was yeah. to meet my mum and you know when you can just feel the opportunity drifting away as time goes yeah. on so on if everything had gone to plan I would have finished chemo by 11 30 11 45 and then I was going to meet my mum at 12 we were going to do hugs and tears we were going to go to prep <laughs> we were going to wander around and then she was going to go to work for two o'clock so you know we had a window and I messaged her since I knew what was going on and I was like I'm going to be delayed what time do you think she's like what time do you think you're going to be done I said I really don't know 12 1 maybe and I was so hopeful and optimistic. And my mum came down to the hospital. But because COVID, because COVID, we're yeah. not allowed anybody in. And that, I've spoken before about how lonely I've felt on this journey. Because if this was any other time, then I could have someone sitting with me on a chair. And I think my best ever session was when a friend came to visit me because they were also in the same place. And it was like, yes, I just didn't feel alone alone yeah yeah um and you know there's been a couple of times where people have spoken in there or you might give someone a nod but generally the only people that I speak to in these sessions are the nurses and they can't really stop and have a chat with me so it's really hard that lady once that spoke to you yeah Ruby she was lovely yeah um do you know who I made friends with I made friends with the lady who took my blood every week or every other week Temmy, she was wicked I'd go in she'd zip through my pick line we'd have a chat if I had to come back early she'd be like what are you doing here every time as soon as I walked into her room she'd be like hey I'm like hey <laughs> she was my she was my my blood taking bestie so it's Temmy and snack lady they're the yeah okay. and Sam the amazing nurse Sam who when I do you remember when I had my my meltdown session and they put me in a side room yeah that was early on and I wasn't coping very well. Um, and I walked in and Sam said, how are you doing? And I just broke. And she's like, shall we do your session in a site? I was like, yes, let's do that. Yes, please. Let's do that. I haven't seen her for weeks, man. But she got a special mention in my thank you card. So yeah. they better have passed it on. So session. chemo didn't turn up on time. The, the time with my mum was slowly disappearing and... I just said, just just pop in and see if they let you in. She's like, they're not going to let me in. They're not going to do it. So she had to go to work. So I was very sad. And then chemo turned up a bit after one o'clock. Serena was lovely. We had a little chat, you know, about all things. But I just had this emptiness inside yeah. me. I was just like, and I've not seen my mum. And I'm going to... And it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. So I finished the session said goodbye to everyone I was too scared to ask them about the bell 
And I would kind of thought they might say to me, do you want to ring the bell? But they didn't. So I didn't bring it up because they're busy. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. So I didn't ring a bell. You should have said it. I know, but I'm a knob. Knob love. Let's go back and knob then just Yeah. Let's go back and just ask them again. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then I left my headphones in the toilet. So I went to the toilet, took my headphones off, don't know why, hung them over like a little railing, you know, one of them railings if you can't get up, so you have to pull the railing yeah. down. Walked out, left them, got halfway halfway to the station. Oh. Well, got outside, was like, oh, I haven't got my headphones on. Went back in, went back up, and there was someone in the toilet. I was like, nah, they're going to take my headphones. They're going to see them. They say Sony on them. They're going to take them. <laughs> but when I stood outside, someone was talking to me, so I proper loitered outside the toilet. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, what you speak for? loudly and say, I'm just waiting for my headphones. Left my headphones in there. <laughs> but there's someone in there. I'm hoping no one steals them. Oh, I hope they're still there. <laughs> so <laughs> a guy came out and then I had to awkwardly get in the lift with him as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for not stealing. So then I got out and that's when it hit me. I think I called my mum. No, I didn't call my mum. Did she call me? I don't know. I sent a couple of tearful voice notes. Yeah. I just, I didn't want, I didn't want a fanfare. I didn't want a party. I just wanted someone to hug me. And all throughout this, I don't know how many times I've said it to you. <laughs> that the thing that I just have needed throughout of this is hugs. Just hugs from yeah. people. And I just really wanted to come out of there and hug my mum it's like <clears throat> it was sort of stolen from you the opportunity in a way because mm. especially if you build something up in your head how it's gonna go um and then when that doesn't materialize especially on a tough day like that yeah um, it's hard. It was going to be sort of full circle, you know, obviously Pret's where we went, you know, on that that day in December. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so it would have been like, you know, that's where you told your mum. That's where now you'd be having, you know, the last chemo session. I can understand Yeah. why you felt like that. And just it's fine to feel like that. Yeah, just someone to be like, yeah, we did it. High five. Yeah. Yeah. So then I walked down to Borough. And I was like, trying not to cry, crying. Try not. Every time I <laughs> messaged someone, I'd cry again. And I got to go, because I always buy a little donut after a chemo session. I always go down to Bread Ahead, buy a little donut. This episode mm -hmm. is sponsored by Bread Ahead, who then <laughs> sent me a tray of donuts. Bread Ahead, Bread Ahead. I'm going to put it in the show notes bread ahead um i'll, um, I'll tweet them thanks <laughs> i'm gonna call this episode bread ahead <laughs> <laughs> anything for the free now <laughs> um but crying works so i was there and <laughs> i couldn't compose myself and i was just crying i was like i don't know what i want yet i think i'm gonna go for a classic jab <laughs> he just handed it over he's like here you go just take it. Just take yeah, men it. men can't handle women crying. They're just like anything to make this end, please. Just take it. He said, "It's on me. It's it. on me." Yeah, exactly. It's on me. Just go away, please. And I did. I did sort of explain that I just had my last chemo session, and they were happy tears, and, and yeah. they were like, "Oh, well done. Go live your life. That's amazing." So Aww. that was nice. So then I kind of felt like, yeah, that's what I wanted. And then I cried mm -hmm. more. Oh my God. <laughs> They're like, no, that's not what we were going for. <laughs> so silly, so silly. And then I just went home. And then I went home and I came up, but I didn't get home till like, God, four o'clock, which was late. That's late, even if I'd, even on my packs and carb days, I'd never get home that late. Um, so yeah, I just came home and that was it. Chemo done. Chemo, chemo done. done. We did it. 20 weeks, 12 okay. sessions of Paclitaxel and Carboplatin, four sessions of EC, which I still don't know, Erubicin and, I don't know, Charlie Brown. <laughs> That's what EC stands for. Um, and I, I hope, I mean, I, 
say chemo done and I'm very very confident that I will not need more chemotherapy um so I'm happy to celebrate this my mum sent me a wicked little balloon today a wicked little balloon this woman I love her so much next steps will be surgery my meeting which was meant to discuss my surgery options, which was going to be tomorrow at 12.30, has now been rescheduled for two weeks' time because apparently Hi. they uh, could not coordinate my end-of-treatment scans in time. You've only had 20 weeks to plan it, guys. And that particular meeting has been in my diary for four months. You know, they sent me that at the beginning of chemo. Yeah. So I'm slightly disappointed, but it's fine. I've got this probably this little rational fear in my brain that if that meeting's now going to be delayed for two weeks it means my surgery is going to be delayed for two weeks which means for the next month I'm not having any treatment what does that does that mean my cancer is going to grow back I might have to call the nurses tomorrow have that conversation (laughs) I think it's better for you too because um the way that your brain works (laughs) yeah exactly you'll even though you'll tell yourself logically that they wouldn't do that if that was the case in the back of your mind you'd be like what if so it's it's better to call them but you know why that Mm -hmm. is it's because we again like you know triple negatives really aggressive triple negative grows very quickly yeah Uh, I mean we went into that appointment didn't we and I said Mm -hmm. how long has it been they said seven to nine months now that it grew quite a lot in seven to nine months and now you want to leave me like a month without anything what I hear you, sis, I hear you. Yeah. So, yeah, so I came out of chemo feeling overwhelmed, extremely overwhelmed that we were at the end of this particular process and extremely underwhelmed by the finish. It was a bit of a damp squib. But at least you got an evening visitor from a beautiful person. Oh, my God. So the door (laughs) knocks at 20 past eight on a cold Wednesday evening in May. And I knew Tams was coming because Tams said she was going to pop over. I wasn't yeah. expecting to see your little face there, though, was I? No, you weren't. Little beauty. Did I have mm. you put your jacket in the wash? No, I haven't. It's fine. I love your tears. Okay, but is your shoulder not a little <laughs> bit crusty? No, it's fine. Let me tell you, let me tell you, listener, I sobbed. I could have fallen to the floor when I saw Charlene's face. And actually, that was what I... You can see my face now. So we're yeah. recording this over Zoom. And my cheeks are hurting because seeing you was the best thing. Oh, God. <laughs> seeing you was hey, the best me, thing. Get me started, <laughs> Because, and we're going to get into it now. You were there with me at the appointments. You know everything about every single feeling that I've been feeling about this, this journey. And so seeing you there was actually the perfect end to my day. And I'm so grateful. I didn't expect you to turn up. I know you've had a hell of a week. I know you've got a busy life. So, listener, um, Charlene doesn't even live in London anymore. She left <laughs> us and she's got okay. a family. She's got a job. She's got a new house. And so, actually, having you there was just the best. Just the best. It was, it was a crazy day, but when I heard your little voice and I was just like, no, I have to, I have to get down, I have to get for a cuddle. Yeah, best cuddle of my life, so, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I had to. So, yeah, I spoke to the mister and was like, yeah, I have to go down and see Lee. And then I spoke to the girls and said I was going down. And they were all like, oh, let's send you some, let's send you some money to get her something. So my mom, my mom's over was pinging off. <laughs> I love that feeling, isn't it? Ding, 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 ding. Say yeah, thanks, ding, 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 say ding, thanks. Ding, 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 yeah. um, <laughs> girl for giving me um, some money to get you stuff. So. Yeah, and I'm very I'm grateful. A really nice bottle. <laughs> a very nice bottle, which I'm saving for post-surgery. Yeah. So I'm going to pop that post-surgery. We, we, we popped the Prosecco, the next Prosecco um, that was in my fridge and had a nice <laughs> glass of that. And yeah, I'm going to save that that lovely bottle for the end of surgery. Thoughts, thoughts from Charlene. So, do you remember that day that I sent you that WhatsApp message? I do, and I mean, you, as you've already alluded to on the podcast, you're just very aware of your body. Um, 
you I'm always just like how do you know that and like Leanne will be like yeah I've just felt an egg release from my left ovary <laughs> <laughs> like oh there it goes oh it's traveling down the tube <laughs> whereas I'll just be like oh oh I think I won <laughs> you know so I've always just like really respected that about you the fact that you just so aware of your body and that I should be much more aware so yes yeah, so obviously when you sent me that message I was just like okay well chances are you know generally the chances are that it's not going to be anything but obviously I said you know get it checked out still because we're not reckless yeah obviously you then went and got it checked out it's just with each message that sort of came through or with each sort of call you had with a consultant or, yeah, as time went on, it just sounded as if they were a little bit more concerned, um, which, you know, subsequently I was more concerned. But at that point, I was obviously just trying to support you. So but you, you've already got these thoughts in your head. You don't want to hear from me or I'm worried. <laughs> You know, that's not, it's just, I don't think that's going to help. No, um, do you remember some of the dark conversations like, I know I've got cancer, Charlene. We may as well just accept the fact. But it's just like, okay, but we haven't been told that. <laughs> so, you know, I prefer to, you know how I am. I try and err on the side of positivity. When I'm speaking to anybody else, when I speak about myself, I can never take this advice. But when I'm speaking to anybody else, I'm really positive. And yeah, it's the same sort of thing I tried to do was just be as positive as possible. But also, you know, realistic about the fact that this obviously needed to be checked out and let's just see what they say. But then when you obviously were told to come in for your appointment, yeah, that's when I started to think, okay, this sounds as if it's something. Um, it was when they said I could bring someone in the middle of a pandemic when no one's allowed anybody and you know what when we went into that appointment that a lot of people in that room were on their own probably some of them through choice but when people were coming out of that their their meeting and it was obviously clear that they had had bad news they Mm. always had someone with them didn't they I don't know if you noticed that I wasn't really looking at that to be fair I was just trying to banter with you at the time Mm. (laughs) and um I'm um I have issues with hospitals as well so I'd never really feel great in them so the the, the banter was good it was good Um, which is why I picked you you were the special one thank you thank you the chosen one yeah I remember obviously I remember saying to you you know asking you if you have anyone going with you and you sort of said I know at that time and I said you want me to come with you and then you were like yes please Mm. um a little bit of a sob <laughs> and yeah I was just like I have to be there for you for whatever it is mm. and obviously something like that's hard um, and it's something like that's hard to hear but I don't know throughout all of it I just feel like okay I feel you know you're my best friend so if you hurt I hurt but I'm always just like it's not me going through this so I'll have my feels, I'll feel what I feel. You know, I've spoken to other people and had proper cries. Um, but for you, I try and be sort of as strong as possible because fundamentally this is your this is something that you're going through and it's gonna be worse for you than anyone else. Like no one in this is gonna be feeling as bad as you. So yeah. I yeah, I'm always trying to sort of have that in mind. Um, <clears throat> just try and support you. Although I do think it's important to say here, though, that as a supporter to me, you know, what you were going through is really, really valid. Are you still there? Oh, guys, I've lost Charlene. I've lost Charlene. Right when I say something really important, are you back? You're back there now. I'm back. Okay. The Zoom disconnected. What was um what was the last thing you heard me say? We'll edit it. So the last thing I said was 
um you had good cries with people you, is that the last time you've heard that last thing you heard yeah that you had good cries with people but ultimately I was the one going through it yeah so. and you were the one going through it mm. um and um yeah my aim just through all of it was just always to support you mm. um and from the sort of the moment I heard it heard that news on that day um my aim was just to support you. I've sort of tried to do sort of reading in the background and try and figure out, you know, as much as I can about what you may be going through to like, think of how best I can like, support you. I've obviously asked you, you know, what I can do. But sometimes when someone's in something, it's not that helpful to ask them what you can do. It's like, just do something. Um, <laughs> so... I know that you do appreciate sort of, just, I think you appreciate the contacts. When I can, I try and do a little pop up, especially mm-hmm. at, you know, special moments in your life. And Yeah, oh, my birthday was another one. God, that got some yeah, tears, didn't it? It did. You've done amazing. You've done amazing, sweetie. It's <laughs> really, sweetie, darling. Sweetie, darling. <laughs> and I think what I was saying when you got cut off is you were saying like you had your cries with people and things like that but you were really trying to be there for me and I was just saying that it's important to note that you as my supporter are just important as me because and in fact you know you sat there in that meeting highlighted the meeting was it when I roared or was it when I said I was going to be sick and the lady rushed out to get a bowl and then I wasn't sick um you roared. Yeah, no, I was there for both of them. Yeah. Yeah. What was your highlight? My highlights. Yeah. I don't think either of them were a highlight, darling. They're... Did you not find it? Or you look back like that was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> they're not. They're not, they're, not, they're not highlights. No, neither of them were ridiculous. Like in a situation like that, how do you react? You know, um, you just have to do what you can at that point to cope. Right. My my and other she... highlight was that moment where we just held each other's hands like shit my highlight <laughs> he's not giving us good news my highlight was when she started swearing <laughs> oh god yeah I did I had a little swear off didn't I <laughs> so he just like let out the longest like train of profanity <laughs> that I think you ever have like both of us can have quite a day now no um, I don't all right okay. um but yeah it was just like like the longest basically every word that could ever offend anybody I don't think I said the c word no I I, you reserved that one for me really yeah I I like that every now and again but yeah but definitely like Mm. into your f-bomb for drops yeah the roar, I think, just like actually hit me as well, because I could just obviously I was squeezing your hand at the point, like both of us probably just had no circulation left in our hand. No, that grip. Um, yeah, but the sort of the roar was just, yeah, it sort of cut through me because you could just hear the pain in it. So I definitely wouldn't call it a highlight. Okay, all right. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> the, swearing, the swearing was fun. The, the swearing, the swearing was, was after when we were in the room. Because and... I don't really swear around people. Like, it's not an everyday... I swear around you. We have sweary yeah. conversations. Yeah. But I don't really swear around people day to day. No. So... no but I don't think many people would realise like, how disgusting your mouth actually can be. I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> We will not expose me on my own podcast. You may not edit it out, you know. <laughs> if you edit it out, I'm going to tweet about it. So okay. this is what she cut out. All right, all right. <laughs> oh, God. So that was a day. And how's it been since? You have been there for me. That You know, I've been very open about the fact that I've really stuck my head in the sand. You know me because I am not far below your levels of reading. And re- you cannot fault Charlene. You'll be like, Charlene. I thought this was the recipe for making golden oats and bang, two seconds later, she'd be like, actually, no, it's this, boom, 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 and it comes out. <laughs> or our stupid, uh, like, 
me and Charlene don't really argue, but when we do, it's a very passive aggressive WhatsApp conversation of various links that prove both of us are right. And who is going to outright the other one? Oh, well, you, yes. So paragraph 2B did say that, but actually paragraph 3C, which supersedes 2B because it was written after, said this. Therefore, I am correct and you were wrong. And I think you'll find that if you check the appendix, it's actually cited as... <laughs> This is how intellectuals are. I love a fact. I love a fact. And I just can't handle people that ask just questions that you could Google. Google is free, bruv. Just like, why are you asking this question? Mm-hmm. It's, two, it's 2021. Mm-hmm. Like, we all have smartphones. We all have Google. Why? Why, why are you asking me this? Why? Why? <laughs> but you, I think it was, uh, yeah, when I spiraled a few weeks ago, and you were like, well, I've been doing some reading, Leanne. And yes, you have been digging your head in the sands, <laughs> but not really. But you kind of don't want to get too deep. But at the same Ooh. time, you're the logical one. I'm the emotional one. You're the logical one, which is why we work so well as a friendship. Yeah. And over the years, you have taught me to lead less with my emotions and more with logic. And I know that it's gone a little bit the other way sometimes. Yeah, you well. definitely taught me to stop being such a callous bitch. And like, uh, <laughs> I mean, some bitch. of our I earlier say, arguments. I can, I can say bitch because yeah. bitch is it's a handsy bitch because podcast. Yeah. I said the f word a bit before. Okay, okay, yes. But yeah, I remember some of our earlier disagreements. I'll be like, yeah. I just don't understand why you're so cold and logical, and don't understand my feelings <laughs> in this matter. And she used to be like, look, sometimes I just sort of end. Sometimes I don't want a solution. I just sort of, I, I just want to have emotions. I'm just like, but where are emotions getting you in this? Can we like, <laughs> <laughs> what are emotions doing? Emotions are a waste of time. You were so cold. <laughs> you were so cold. I'd be like, like, my leg just dropped off. And you'd be like, well, are they going to sew it back on? (laughs) (laughs) Does it even hurt? Allow me to feel this pain. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. Um, As sort of, yeah, the years have gone on, you definitely um, taught me to be sort of, I wouldn't even say patient because it's not as if I'm tolerating your emotions. No. Um, It's more me realising that emotions are also valid. Yeah. Um, and you're, when I say now to you, it's fine for you to feel what you're feeling. I genuinely mean it. So you, you didn't know? mean and it I, then? I did. I would have never have said that then. I'd be like, no, in fact, you never even said you, that then. You'd be like, fix up from. <laughs> I'd be like, fix up from. I'm not sure. What's this about? Whereas now, I genuinely, obviously, you mature. You know, I've started to obviously realise that it's actually healthy to feel your emotions. and. Mm. Um, a lot of my coldness is actually probably me suppressing things that <laughs> I'm not even going to all of that. May I suggest therapy? That, <laughs> I, I think I do need, I definitely need therapy. I think everyone needs, I think therapy, everyone needs therapy as well. Let's I, unpack. I definitely think that I'm, I'm scared of therapy there. Mm. I'm scared of unpacking like a sleeping giant. And then open that door, me. open that Pandora's box. <laughs> you never know what's going to come out. When the time is like right. I, yeah, I feel like if I, if I went to therapy now, I think I'd probably just like cry for every session for like, <laughs> Like a couple of months. Um, Back to this. this. So yeah, at those times where I've been a bit head in the sand, you kind of coming, you coming out and being like, "Well, you know, I've done some reading, and this is what I found." And it's not doom scrolling. It's not doom reading. It's always factual, but it's always realism as well, which I really appreciate. And I think I have messaged you a couple of times being like I can't bother to google this can you do it for me <laughs> actually actually well this is this is what I found yeah, six weeks ago um, <laughs> yeah I did look at this like I said I just wanted to do that reading so that in those times I guess I could support you and when you were speaking about something you know I knew what you were actually speaking about I wasn't trying to guess it <laughs> so do yeah, you think I'm, I'm that I've been um even from the beginning perhaps a little bit of denial about all of this do you think I've been a bit too happy about it apart from the times when I've been very very sad do you think I've put on a a front I think as the time's gone on and you've grown more weary you've stopped putting on as much of a front Mm -hmm. and I've appreciated that first as you do your coping mechanism is always a bit of a joke a bit of a laugh, a bit of a, it's okay, okay, all right. Even when we were in there and you first found out, 
you know, um, everybody obviously reacts differently, but your reaction was sort of like, okay, okay, right, so we've got this, what are we going to do? Right, okay, cool, so what are we going to do about it? Let's fix it. And I know that in your head, you had so many things going on, you had so many emotions going on, and at that point, you probably weren't even fully thinking, right, what are we going to do? But that's just the only way you could cope with it in the moment was to just be like, right, so, yeah, this is it, okay, bit of a joke. You do this lighthearted, like, voice. <laughs> voice goes up. If you're annoyed as well, like, if you're pissed, if, you know, you go up. Okay, so, yeah, okay, cool. All right, then. So, okay, that's okay. So, yeah, I've just been diagnosed with something. It's quite serious, but let me speak up here and it will make it okay, you know. I um, use the word, it's just a little bit, quite a lot. I've used that word so many like, times over the past four months. Bit. Just a little bit. Okay, so it's aggressive. It's curable. It's curable. But whatever. If that's what you have to do in that moment to help you cope, then that's what you have to do. And mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. But mm-hmm. being your friend, obviously, I could see that and I could recognise that. And I knew that, you know, you were being that way at first and you were being really positive at first. But a part of me was like, no, well, I wasn't waiting for it, but I knew there would come a time where it would sort of hit you. Um mm-hmm. And yeah, and obviously, obviously it did. And I think as the weeks have gone on, yeah, you've just sometimes you'll just start off like this, like this is, <laughs> you know, just like you know, this is like I feel like absolute shit today. Yeah, my non peoply days. Um, yeah, I'm exactly. Sometimes I'll just be like, "Do you want me to give you a call?" You're like, "No, I'm not feeling peoply." I'm like, "Cool," you know. Um, I won't, I won't call you now. Yeah, you have those days and it's absolutely fine to have those days. And I told you, I've really like loved the fact that you've actually listened and rested because it you, took a while. you struggle, you struggle to relax. You struggle to listen to your body and not do things. Um, you're, you often feel as if you have to be um, the one spinning all the plates and keeping everything going, you're a control freak. So, <laughs> like, you know, I, I know that you struggled. So I really, when I've seen those little posts of your bed set up for the day or, you know, when you just said, yeah, I've just been in bed, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> like, when I've been like, okay, you know, when you said that, you know, okay, yeah, Chris went to get Tiana in a day or whatever, and you just managed to just use that time to rest and I'm just like that's great because mm. you you need that you need that time and it's it's a lot that your body is going through and I mean part of it obviously is that you just had no choice but to because at a certain point your, your body wouldn't do it anymore but I also feel as if it was part of you listening yeah and being like no I, I need to do this these past eight weeks on the second chemo definitely taught me a lesson about resting allowing other people to do things for me or not even allowing other people to do things for me asking other people to do things for me and just saying no I can't do this anymore asking for help has always been probably not one of my strongest points and even now people people. message me and they'll be like what do you need I'm like well I don't know really like I'm keeping on top of the house Chris does a lot of the cooking like what do I need and I still don't know the answer to that question. I mean, probably deep down, if I really thought about it, I do know the answer to that question. But yeah, yeah. yeah. this ain't therapy, guys. It isn't therapy. Alan knows. Okay. Alan knows deep down what I need. <laughs> <laughs> Alan knows. <laughs> God, he's going to hear my voice on Tuesday. <laughs> um. All right. So, I mean, let's let's wrap this up a little bit. Um. Is there anything? I don't know feel like yeah we've covered quite a lot of it I really do have to say just I think you know how grateful I am to you for your support throughout this time when we're not at the end yet because surgery's coming Mm -hmm. surgery's coming but this this I think was probably going to be the hardest bit of it this was going to be the hardest bit and you just have carried me through in so many different ways and I know you sit there and you send me messages like, oh, so, oh, sorry, I haven't been there. Girl, you've been moving house. You've been raising your babies. You've been doing your job. You've been being a wife and you've been there for me. So 
Thank you for that. I love you. I love you, girl. The thing is, it's just you, since you've come into my life, how many years ago, um, yeah, you've just been a complete constant in my life. You're always there for me. And if the shoe was on the other foot, it it would be... No, you wouldn't, bitch. You'd be right there. Um, Yeah, I know that you would just be there for me. You'd hold me up. So it's only right, you know. Wifey for lifey. Wifey for lifey. All right. All right. We're going to move on to um, fun times now, as I like to call it. So we were talking last night. We got talking last night. A, a song came on the television and it sampled Marvin Gaye's sexual healing. And I was talking about... <laughs> <laughs> so context. When I was younger, I used to listen to the radio to like, before I would go to sleep. So I'd listen to the radio and I'd listen to this radio station called Invicta FM, which was sort of like easy listening, a bit Magic fm And almost every single night they would play Marvin Gaye's sexual healing but I'm just drifting off to sleep and I heard this little voice, wake up, wake up, wake up. <laughs> and until you said that, I just never knew how creepy that sounded. Like, and get why up, is he even up. saying that? What, why is he even saying that? Because he's waking his lady up. Yeah. With a cuddle, do that? a special cuddle. Wake a up, special wake cuddle. Up, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sleeping, bruv. It's 2am. Can you allow me? <laughs> But when I'm nine, <laughs> ten years old, that was terrifying. You weren't even that thinking was about terrifying. that. Like, and now women all over the country, women listening to this podcast now will be like, for real, like, well, why is he saying that? Leave me alone. I'm asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but that song used to terrify me. And there was another one, and I still, I meant to look it up, but I didn't. But it would be, I'm not a lover, so don't forget it. And it would be like, ah, la, 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 la. Just a the pan pipes at the beginning. Because it would come in really quietly, like, ah. like, what is it? What is it? Forgetting that I'm listening so, to the radio. At any point, did you not think perhaps it might not be a good idea for you to listen to this radio station when you were going to sleep? No. It kept on freaking you out. Okay, cool. Just every night. Just wanted to check. Just Every night. I also, I, always, I also is... used to have a little black and white television in the bedroom. My mum will know, you know, like parents know everything. They know when you're being naughty. And I mm-hmm. used to turn on this little mum, 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 you listening? Do you remember that black and white TV I had in my bedroom? And I used to watch, and do you remember that time I watched Tremors? And I had to keep turning it on and off because she would come up and check on me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got my colour TV. Oh, I had that TV. I had... The colour TV that I got when I was 10, I had until I was at least 25. What? Seriously. I had that television a good 15, 16 years. Had it in all my bedrooms. I remember getting one when I was in year, I might have been in year five or six, I want to say. Yeah, that's same. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember getting, my dad getting me a little colour TV. Which I definitely watched things on, probably not at that age, but at some point things I wasn't supposed to be like Euro Trash. Oh yeah, I used to watch Euro <laughs> Trash. That woman who had the really big boobies. Yeah, Lola. Lola Ferrari. <laughs> she died, didn't she? she did. Or did her boobs explode? Oh, or did her boobs explode? Is that an died? urban legend? <laughs> nice segue, Charlene. Segue. <laughs> <laughs> I should be a podcaster. <laughs> Come back again, come back again. We can do like monthly episodes. So yeah, I'm not for it. The second part of fun time, Lily's fun time, as we're calling it, um, is Urban Legends. So we start talking about Urban Legends. So tell me about Stephen King's It first. <laughs> so like, I probably didn't have a conventional childhood. Like, I thought at the time it was normal. But <laughs> speaking, to other, <laughs> speaking to other people... <laughs> They sort of, when I do say, they sort of look at me and they're a little bit concerned. So my dad had this thing where he thought that, you know, it was good for children to understand fear to a certain extent. And he wanted, he was happy that I understood there weren't everyone in the world was good and there were sort of baddies out there, which I think is a good lesson. Mm -hmm. But um, the way he 
sort of went about teaching me that lesson was that he would let me watch sort of any horror film. So, you know, he wouldn't let me watch Dirty Dancing, but he would let me watch Stephen King It on yeah. repeat. Yeah. <laughs> he would let me watch Poltergeist. <laughs> he would let me watch Nightmare on Elm Street. But Dirty Dancing, oh no. Yeah, but that was very no. sexual though. That wasn't I mean, scary, that was sexual. That little grinding that. on the leg. I mean, I understand very that. Deep I mean, the storyline was a little bit adult. Mm. Um, but I probably wouldn't, I didn't even get that, understand that storyline the first time I saw it. Um, but, you know, I, yes, yeah, so I, so I was really sort of into horror films. And one of my favourite films was Stephen King It. And I had it on video. I remember the video. It was a black VHS and it had a blue bit on the top. You know, the bit that used to fold over and you could see the, yeah. Yeah, that bit was blue. Um, and I used to watch it all the time. Loved it. Over and over again. Watch it with my dad. Found it hilarious. And I thought that all kids that were 10 <laughs> would like the film. So <laughs> I lent the film um, to my friend at the time, um, my primary school friend. And um, she watched it um, with her little brother. And they were absolutely traumatised. Up to now, I don't think she could still sort of look at Pennywise and be okay. And I just couldn't understand it. Like, I couldn't understand it. To me, it's a very normal thing. I love Chucky. I love Child's Play. I, I just, up to now, I'm just not scared of those things. And I think it toughened me up. And I, do, and I was saying this to you. I do think that this is why I'm probably just not as scared of things as, as, as some other people are. It toughened me up. It was good. That's great. Do you remember the first time? Well, you won't remember the first time I watched it because you weren't in my life then. I was a child. But the first time I watched it was with my torturer sister, who we've heard about many times on this podcast already oh, in the past few, few weeks that it's been on. And we had some family friends over, Danielle and Nicole. Uh, I'm going to tag you both in this. And we watched it. There were no parents around. They made me go upstairs first. I was a child. They were older children. And we watched the film and everyone was terrified and they made me go up the stairs first and someone came down the stairs and jumped out at me. I don't remember who it was, but I just remember pooping my, well, I didn't actually poop my pants. No one called me poopy pants, Lily, but I, I can't believe they did that to me. I cannot believe. And Halloween, when we would watch ghost, oh my God, all of these memories oh, of Halloween. When they took always got these ghost oh. shows where they go ghost hunting and stuff like that. How did you not like it? It was just like, oh, they all float. They all and if you're float. down here, you'll float too. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't scared <laughs> of it until someone came down a dark stairwell and scared me. Fair enough. I mean, and I watched it now, I it didn't even have last effects. Um, I do really enjoy a horror film or two. <clears throat> but and I said one of the other things my dad used to do, and I mean, please, people, don't start sending messages about this being like abuse or anything. I was fine. <laughs> he, he used to, he used to um, hide downstairs in the house, and then he would call me and like he'd turn off all the lights downstairs, and then I used to have to come and find him, and then he'd jump out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'd be I'd be scared but it's like I loved the fear it was like that sort of fear that you sort of have when you go to Fright Night Fort Park or something the thrill. you go into one of those the thrill it was a thrill it was a proper thrill I love that um, thrill yeah so it wasn't it was never you know me being actually like traumatised or anything good, good. I don't think Maybe I love the, I love the thrill of a fear but I've also got to this really weird point in life. So I tried to watch um, Our House on Netflix or whatever, which is... I've a, heard about it. I haven't seen it. What my problem has been as I've got older is I've started to hype myself up into the fear too much. So it's yeah. not just like, oh, this is really good. I'll be like, something's coming, something's coming. Until I'm almost... Like our House or Them? No, not Them. I haven't watched that yet because someone said it's like oh. Our House and I basically got through about 15 minutes of our house before okay. I told Chris to switch it off because the suspense, the fear, the thrill got to me so much I had to turn it off. It's often that that's worse than the yeah, actual, than the actual like, climax. Yeah. yeah. But if I see an eye, if I see an eye through a wall, I don't want to see it, bruv. I don't want to see it. 
Yeah, it's, yeah. But you were also telling me an urban, le- so we've got, we got talking about urban legends, basically. And you were telling me, <laughs> similar to, it's similar to this killer in the backseat one that, that I found, isn't it? Yeah. Where basically legend says there's a woman yeah. driving. Exactly. She's driving along the road and someone behind her, someone's driving behind her and they're flashing their lights at her and they're ramming her vehicle and she's terrified. She's like, oh my God, I'm going to get murdered. And usually it's accompanied by the fact that there's been a news report or somebody's told them that there's a murderer on the loose, a murder killing people in their cars. Um, So she gets home, she makes it or she stops for gas and oh yeah look this is what wikipedia tells me in some versions the woman stops for gas and the attendant asks her to come inside to sort out a problem with her credit card inside the station he asks if she knows that there's a man in the back of her car (gasps) and in other versions like she gets home and then the guy comes out and was like there's a murderer in your car didn't you see every time i flash my lights he was trying to kill you but then, I mean, I think that the attendant one is more realistic because wouldn't she be dead? Yeah, like, is she going to really get home? Oh, hold on. What does this say? Every time she stops, she, she arrives at a police station and tells the police about the crazed person driving behind her. The police calm her down and offer to give her a drive back to her house. But when they go with her to get her things from the car, they find a killer hiding in the driver's seat. It turns out the crazed driver was chasing the woman. Hold on. As it turns out, the crazed driver was who was chasing the woman was a ghost of one of the killer's victims trying to warn her. I mean, I mean, that's very far-fetched. <laughs> nah, but I believe in ghosts, though. Well, yeah, okay, but if he, magic. Pull, if he pulled up to the police station, would you stay hiding in the boot or would you not move no, outside you're... of a police station? No, because you, um, you want the kill. You want the thrill of the kill. You're going to wait until just, she comes back and be like, gotcha, bitch. Yeah. I mean, I remember being, going on a camping trip, um, like on those, when I was going to adventure when I was younger. Um, and then when we were there, we sort of in the pitch blackness, obviously around you in the tent. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be a good idea to tell that story about um, the, the guy um, who was going around chopping people's heads off. And then they heard a banging on the top of the car. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> and then got the good sound effect. And then when they looked, um, they got out of the car and looked, there was somebody banging, you know, her, I think it was her boyfriend's head on the top of the car. Um, which, you know, probably isn't the sort of story you tell to other nine-year-olds. Why didn't she notice that her boyfriend was missing? I mean, there are a lot of holes in all of these these stories, aren't there? But they're definitely true. Yes, just like the fact that when I went home and I was younger and I said Candyman in the mirror three times or five times, um, he appeared behind me. No, that was a movie, babe. I mean, but that's, people thought it was real. Bloody Mary's true. Did you do that? No, because it's true. So Bloody Mary <laughs> is a legend of a ghost or a phantom or a spirit. And she's said to appear to in the mirror when her name is chanted repeatedly. I'm not going to risk it. Are you going to risk Bloody Mary turning up and murdering you through your mirror? I'm not. I mean, I probably wouldn't. Just because, you know, if it happened, I'd look really silly, wouldn't I? You know, I was on a podcast saying it was all rubbish and I went and tried it out. And then, I mean, it's better to probably let it lie. <laughs> Would you, when we come off the, the the Zoom, the recording, are you going to give it a go? Should we do it together? No. Why are you scared? No. I thought you liked being scared. I thought you liked the thrill of the chase. I mean, there's being scared and then I'm Jamaican. Like, we don't deal with duckies and anything, thing, innit? Ah. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> and then we're going to move on to the final bit, Tiana time, which we can also call Tiana, Jacob and Olivia time, if you've got anything that you want to say about your beautiful children. Okay. Um, but this week, me and Tiana have been writing songs together. And if I figure out how to do it, I'm going to put one of our songs that we made. I might do Little Feet uh-huh. or I might do um, Little Eyes. Have You Got Little Eyes? And oh, One Foot, Two Foot. That was what it was. One Foot, Two Foot, One Leg, Two Leg, which was hilarious until she started singing One Bum, Two Bum <laughs> and then escalated into One Vagina, Two Vagina. One Vagina, Two Vagina. <laughs> 
I must say, I don't have any anecdotes like that about my children. <laughs> it was the way, because we were in the kitchen cooking. Well, Chris was cooking, and I was standing there. Um, and he turned around and his face was like, what have you been teaching my child? How to call her body parts anatomically. I can't even say the word. Anatomically. Anatomically. Correctly. But she needs to know. She needs to know what it's called. It's called a vagina. It's called a bum. Or should I teach her anus? That's too far. Okay. All right. I'm going to teach her anus. Bum, bum, bum's fine. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, she needs to know, doesn't she? Um, she does. And she's at that age where she likes saying bum, bum. Oh, mummy, you farted. Mummy, I farted. <laughs> it's just the men always just are, are a bit like that. If they, they hear them. They like to think of their babies as being babies. I feel like they like them with girls more so. Yeah, she hasn't stopped being a baby. Yeah. She's just been a baby that knows the word vagina. Uh, I know, I agree. You know, I agree mm. um, with that. Yeah. But yeah, so that that was my highlight of the week. So. Have you got anything? What's I, I know that Jacob's given us some savage comments. This I mean, week. all I can get, I can't get out of my head the fact that just before the podcast, like the, the big one accidentally closed the little one's fingers in the door. Accidentally? Yeah. Accidentally, nah, she'd never do it on purpose. No, yeah, she was, she's literally traumatized. <laughs> um, I've been trying to um, like dilute down their juice a bit mm. because I'm just like, it's just a lot of the sugar on the teeth, and whatever. So I tried to dilute down their apple juice today um, at dinner, and Olivia was like, oh, well, I might have coronavirus. And I was like, oh. what? Why? Oh, I get it. And she's like, because my taste is obviously playing up because I don't know what this juice is. <laughs> she's so sassy. Why is she such we, a sassy fan? I don't know. For a nine-year-old, like her comedic timing is just like absolutely spot on. So yeah, she's 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 a comedian, mm. and um, Jacob just is savage. So he often just looks at me and says, "Oh yeah, you're the worst mum in the world." Mm. Because he doesn't get his own way about something, um, but no, if I if I like if, if he's happy with me, um, then no, I'm the best mum in the world. Okay, <sighs> right. So I feel unless you've got anything else to add, bye, isn't it? Really? I think we're done. I think we're done. But I love you lots, and you're absolutely amazing. And I know you don't understand why anybody will ever say you're a warrior or say that you know you're like an inspiration I know both of them make you cringe a little bit even though you appreciate where they come from um but it's just your tenacious nature um the way that you just tackle sort of anything that's thrown at you like through your lifetime you've just been through so much and this was just another thing that isn't fair um that you you didn't need but with everything that you get and everything you're dealt you just persevere and you smash it and I love you and you inspire me all the time right babe I'm like, a bit thick but you do and you need to you need to tell your people like tell your people you love them tell your people they're amazing um you know tell your people how much they mean to you yeah give you them mean the world to me give you. you all your flowers you need all your flowers I love you so much. I love you too. Dude. But right, I've got to do my outro and I'm here lumping sorry. my throat. Sorry, sorry, Jesus. sorry. Um, but no, the world keeps spinning and we just keep pushing through, don't we? We do. We do. So thank you so much for joining me this evening, for being my first very, 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 very special guest, Charlene. Yay. Uh, I hope you'll come back again. I feel like we need you to make this semi-regular. Um, okay, I'll come back. And yeah, and if you if you the people listening have managed to make it through this, which is it's going to be well over an hour, um, then thank you so much for listening in. I'll be back next week, hopefully with lots to say, and I'd really love it if you look could share some of your urban legends with us. I'm going to try and edit in Tiana's song, but if you can't hear it here, then sorry, that's just your hard luck. Um, please listen rate subscribe share with your friends i'd really like as many people as possible to listen to this podcast or some of the episodes from this podcast in the hope that it 
helps anyone going through the situation in the hopes that it destigmatizes breast cancer and cancer in general and that people who are going through this either as um, somebody with cancer or as a supporter to somebody with cancer feels a little bit less alone in their journey Um, so on that note I'll see you next time thank you so much and yeah stay awesome stay classy San Diego